1: And welcome to another episode of Family Gamers Podcast. This is episode 301.
2: We've done it. We've broken the threshold. There's been all this buildup for 300. Now we're past it. We are on to episode 301. And it is an odd-numbered episode. So we're doing the thing that we do with the odd-numbered episodes, which is to welcome a special guest.
1: We are back to our regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> and uh, we are here with Ambie Valdez. Hi, Ambi. Hey, Ambie. Hi. Thanks for having me here. All
2: right. So I think that there's probably people that are listening to this who have have seen or or heard your voice before. Do you want to talk a little bit about who you are, what you've done, where people would know you from?
3: Yeah. So I'm Ambie Valdez. I've done a lot of different things in board gaming. I make a lot of different board game content. I make board game song parodies (laughs) on my YouTube channel at Ambie Rona. So you might have seen some those.
1: Like, Especially we don't play any Euros.
3: Yeah, yeah, that was my most recent one. Yes. <laughs> and then I also have a podcast and YouTube channel and Twitch channel all under Board Game Blitz. That's been around for a while. That is with my co-host Crystal Dex. So together we have the podcast and Twitch. I- I'm mostly the YouTube one. But <laughs> yeah, we-, we do a lot of stuff there. I- I've also done some content on the Dice Tower. I have segments there on Board Game Breakfast sometimes. I think that's mostly... It for now.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just kind of feel like you're everywhere. I mean, we're we're all Dice Tower Network, so yeah. I, I mean, we just kind of like bounce into each other a whole bunch. So, mm-hmm. so we're having you on the show not because you are an amazing content creator mm-hmm. in the same space as we are. I and mean, not, also that, and not because you you are a family of gamers, but because you've done something else. What is that?
3: <laughs> yeah, so I am currently, or well, I've made a book about board games for toddlers. So. <laughs> it's very specific
2: yeah it, well it is but, I, but it you know what our
3: niche well it is
2: relevant <laughs> to your life right now so
3: yes because <laughs> yes, cause i have twin toddlers and oh um, my
2: gosh i can't, I can't. we did it one at a time and i can't even imagine doing oh my gosh
3: but That's but yeah they're, they're getting into all the board games they're playing a lot of hobby games and uh, awesome since i had like the song parody writing experience i started making original songs for them too I also have some original songs over on Board Game Blitz, like children's how to play songs for some of the games they like. <laughs> uh, but show. yeah, then I made a book, a rhyming book called Board Game Day, and it's going to be on Kickstarter soon.
2: All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about that second half of the show. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about it in a little bit more detail, Maybe maybe dig in a little bit with some kind of preview comments. But first... We are the Family Gamers. As always, I am your host, Andrew, and I am joined by my lovely and wonderful wife, Anisha. That's me. And now that we got all that out of the way, <laughs> now we can talk about our facts. Our listeners demand a fact. Show. Yeah. Our listeners do demand a fact, and we did, in fact, take up Dr. Michael from the Games Go podcast for a fact. This is a fact from one of our listeners. I love it when I don't have to do the searching. Yes. It's the best. But our fact about episode 301 on October 9th, 2019... You know how I like to look at Guinness Book of World Records stuff. Yes. Todd McFarlane, relatively famous in nerd communities, entered the Guinness Book of World Records by publishing Spawn comic issue number 301. The series then became the longest-running creator-owned superhero comic book. Spawn kicked Dave Sims Cerberus from the top spot, presumably at 300.
1: Uh, Presumably at 300, yeah. is a nice round number to stop, but we didn't stop there.
2: (laughs) So good guinness book world record fact also a nerd fact
1: yes very that's cool. my fact
2: for episode 301 he actually gave us three facts but some of the other ones are kind of creepy so i'm gonna go ahead and skip <laughs> past those if you really want to know you can send us a message i'll share those another fact is that the family Heroes podcast is sponsored by first move financial
1: worker placement games are characterized by placing one of your workers usually in short supply to a certain location to perform a task or gain additional resources We can think about our money like little workers in the game of life. Are you putting your workers in the most advantageous places for you? Whether you put your workers in loans to decrease them, or bank accounts to grow them, or investing, which is feeding your workers, all of those jobs are important. Lots of budgeting software works under the principle of giving your dollars jobs, and this is the same. If you need help figuring out where to place your little dollar workers, reach out to First Move Financial. You can find them at firstmovefinancial.com familygamers and schedule a free call today.
2: Thanks so much to First Move for sponsoring this episode of the show. I love this picture of little dollar workers. Yes. I have this like image of little dollars marching, marching. to the, like the hi-ho, hi-ho song, you know, hi-ho. Put them, hi-ho. them in the mine, yeah. put them yeah. in the yeah. farm. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. 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 <laughs> exactly. It's like Agricola, the, the real life game or something.
1: <laughs> it's much <laughs>
3: less exciting than Agricola.
2: Yeah, probably, that's probably true. That's probably true. Yeah.
3: I want little dollar shaped meatballs now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't know, like maybe a, a new issue, a new release of like cash and guns or something yeah. like that. I, I, I mean, don't hate. I don't know. I don't know what the game would be you know dollar workers you board game designer people get on that (laughs) i got nothing (laughs) all right well at this point in the show we're gonna talk about what we've been playing what? Yeah, I know. Some new games on our list that, yes. that we've been playing uh, recently. But, of course, let's start with our guest. Andy, have you been playing some games? Probably all Hobbit games, but maybe something just <laughs> in there to mix it up?
3: <laughs> yeah, actually, I have. I've been playing games that aren't all just Hobbit games. I don't, I don't think I'm going to talk about a Hobbit game today. But
4: Wow, uh, all right. I,
3: so, yeah, yeah, I actually have game nights every week where people come over to our house after our kids go to sleep. And play games. Yes, and oh, nice.
2: <laughs> it's such a sweet release when you put them down and you back out of the room.
3: It's
1: like, yeah. oh. Well, and I remember being at that season of life of you all can come to our house and play games because my kids, yeah. my
3: kids need to sleep.
4: here. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Luckily, they they're good sleepers. So, but yeah, uh, recently I got to play. Th- this is not a new game, new to me game. This is an old to me game. That's okay. But, like That's I hadn't right. played it in five years, and I got to play the Resistance Avalon, which. Uh-huh. Uh, is a social deduction game. It used to be one of my favorite games. I mean, it still is one of my favorite games. Uh, I just hadn't played it in five years. And I was worried that I didn't like it still. But no, I do still like it. So <laughs> The Resistance to Avalon is social deduction. It's a team versus team game where you have hidden roles and you don't know. Well, there's good people and the bad people. The bad people know who's on their team, but the good people don't. And you're going on different quests. So there's like five rounds. And each round, the current leader, which rotates around, picks people to go on the quest with them and everyone votes yes or no. And like you have to hit a majority vote for those people to go on the quest. And then the people that go on the quest secretly play pass or fail cards. And if there's any fail cards, then the quest fails. And like the good people want three out of the five quests to succeed and the bad people want three out of them to fail. So it's a very basic uh, social deduction game, very pure. There is one special role called Merlin on the good people that knows who all the bad people are. But at the end, if the good people win, then the bad people can guess who Merlin is and then they win. So like if you're Merlin, you have to hide. Oh, yeah. That's what the difference between the resistance Avalon and base resistance is, is, is the character mm-hmm. Merlin. So okay. I like this better because when you're a bad person, you know everything, but you don't know who Merlin is in this one. So like you actually have something to figure out where I like, right. cause I like the figuring out part in, in mm-hmm. social deduction. Sure. sure. Um, I don't like just knowing everything. And, <laughs> and then, yeah, it was just lots of fun. Just, getting people, like people lying to each other, people <laughs> 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 like, just like the group dynamics and playing with our friends. And yeah, it was great just being able to play that again because it needs five, it's like a five to 10 player game. Oh, wow. So okay. we haven't been able to play that in a while, but we had yeah. people and so we were able to play it and I still love it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> social deduction games are funny like that because mm-hmm. when you describe how to play a social deduction game, it sounds terrible. Like,
3: no, 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 you're just
2: an awful human being the whole time. It's great. Everybody loves it, you know? Yeah. But it works out.
1: You're being the traitor. It's the best thing you can be. It's so fun.
2: Yeah.
3: It's definitely not for everyone.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think that I mean, our family is not a big social deduction family. I'm bad at it when I play with adults, so Mm -hmm. I I don't love that. And then our kids kids really are not comfortable with it. (laughs)
4: Yeah. And they're well,
2: one of our kids one of our kids has zero filter. Like, you will, he will tell you exactly what he thinks, which is sometimes good and sometimes bad.
1: <laughs> this but. kid will eventually learn tact. It may take until he's 18. Yeah. It, or, or longer.
2: Or, yeah. Or, 40. 40. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, all right, so I'll start off with a game that is also not new to me, mm-hmm. and that is a game that we've talked about a lot. It is a game that is on our 10x10. 10 10. We decided we're going to play a game on the 10x10 10 10 to finally put another sticker meeple on, <laughs> on, the, on the thing, and that is Quacks of Quedlinburg.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. so it's been a really long time since we've played it two players. Two players
2: has been a really Really, long really time.
1: long time. We're normally playing it either four or five. Five is our whole family.
2: And that's why it actually is so hard to get to the table, because we kind of have it in our head that we're going to play this game at five players, because we went and mm-hmm. bought the Herb Witches expansion to have a fifth player in the game. <laughs> and then you have this extra wrinkle of trying to get all five, all people, five people engaged right. in playing the game. And all that stuff together just makes it really hard. So but I when it's two of us, super
1: easy. Yeah, so I looked at this and went, it's going to be just the two of us, but we're still going to use the Herb Witches expansion. We're going to finally figure out how to play with the Herb Witches, we're going to actually <laughs> use which the we've expansion
2: never used itself, before. Right. And I really liked them. I, I really, I really mean, liked they, them, too. Have you played with the, I mean, I assume you've played the game.
3: I've played the base game, but I haven't played the expansion.
2: So there's a couple things that the expansion does. Number one, it adds a fifth player, which, mm-hmm. okay, great, adds a fifth player.
1: <laughs> That's
3: it the also, reason why we bought it. Yeah, that
2: is the <laughs> reason why we bought it. It also adds another herb called Loco Weed. Which mm-hmm. the main thing that it does is it just copies whatever you put whatever down before, before it. it. So oh. it's actually well, we have the acrylic tokens. It's actually a clear token that kind of represents so whatever you know came before it. And then there's a six um, value six pumpkin. pumpkins that Ooh. cost twenty two. Wow, um, they're really expensive, but they're very really large. Big. Yeah, and then there's the herb witches. And at the beginning of the game, you put out a bronze, a silver, and a gold herb witch. And each of them have a power on them. And each player gets a bronze, a silver, and a gold coin and you can spend one of those or i guess any of all whatever you can spend them one time in the game so you get to use the bronze power one time at some point the silver power one time at some point the gold power one time
1: at, at some, some point, point. yeah
2: and that's it i mean it's really remarkably mm-hmm. straightforward
1: right and so it does add a little bit more decision making to the game but not a huge amount cuz since it's always going to benefit you to use that power, it's just a question of when do I want to use it? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. is this the right turn to use it or should I wait? And I think one thing that hurt you in the game is you were like, ah, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. And one or two of those powers <laughs> you used really late in the game when it might have benefited more earlier. I don't know.
2: I'm just going to stick with the thing that hurt me in the game is that you bought a moth early and you moved your droplet. I like,
1: moved my droplet like, like, like yes.
2: 12 spaces. <laughs>
1: So many things.
2: But no, like, like the, I think the bronze witch that we had was double your, the money amount that you get this turn, just double it. Mm
4: -hmm. So it's like,
2: oh, I mean, that's really powerful, but, you know, when do you use that? Because you want to wait until later in the game when your money amount is going to be higher, but also, the sooner you use it, the more iterations you're going to be able to. Yeah, to you're going to have that, that valuable stuff um, sooner. That stuff. So yeah. it's a kind of a cool balance like that. And then there's some other things that give you more victory points. And I remember what the third one doesn't matter. But uh, you get, I think, three or four of each of the colors. You get three or four witches. I
1: think there are four witches in each color. So there's so, a lot of yeah.
2: There's a lot of variability. variability
1: there, but not a huge amount of like extra decision making, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is nice. Yep.
2: Yep. So that's the, the Herb Witches expansion. We don't have the new one, the new, air quote, the Alchemist expansion. I don't know anything about it. I don't know what's in it. I know nothing.
3: <laughs> I, I hadn't even heard of it. <laughs> like, I'm so behind. Whatever.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's real life. But anyway, so we played that at two players. And at two players, we banged through that game in like a half an hour. It was great.
1: Yeah, that was the other great part is at five mm-hmm. players, it usually takes us an hour or a little more, even with the simultaneous play, just because mm-hmm. not everybody in our family goes as fast. Mm-hmm. which is okay. Yeah, which is but fine.
2: Yeah. It just takes, it take takes longer. longer. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what about you, dear? What have you been playing?
1: Well, I was thinking of this when you were giving your fact at the beginning of the show. I have been playing The Comic Book Bubble. Uh, so this is a game that is coming to Kickstarter very soon. I want to say it's in July. From Ape Games by Scott Olms, who has designed a ton of other games. This is a book all about Comic book speculation, basically the speculation bubble of the 1990s, when all of a sudden almost brand new comics were retailing for like $2 and then being resold for up to $20 because people were just in a frenzy for it. So, this game kind of recreates that in a very simple way. You're definitely incentivized to speculate, and when you do, the values of the various genres of comics change wildly. <laughs> Sometimes you want them to change a lot, and sometimes you don't, and you can't really predict very much how much is going to move.
2: Yeah, we talked about it a little bit more in depth on episode 299. Yeah. We've been playing this for a couple of weeks, so it's very fun. This is not a game for a deep strategic
1: gamer, because there
2: very definitely is luck and kind of unknown stuff that emerges as you play the game.
1: This is one of those you have to swing with the punches, be ready for wild changes, and don't hold your plans too tightly.
2: <laughs> because you may commit to selling a comic book, but before you get to the phase of the turn where you sell it, the speculation has All happened. All the values have changed. And the value oh. has plummeted. And you're like, oh, well.
1: Uh, you know what? I'm not going to sell that not this turn. I'm going to do that I'm going to hang out that a little do. longer. Yeah, yeah. So- I mean, some of that
2: is kind of real life. Like you can sort of predict some of this stuff, but you also totally can't in some <laughs> way. So I'm- you
1: can tell when it's a really bad time <laughs> to sell or a really bad time to buy, mm-hmm. but you can't always predict when it's going to be a good time yes. to sell. Buying happens at the very beginning of a round, basically. Like everybody picks the card that they're going to do something with and you pick what you're going to do with that. You're going to buy it. Uh, Or you're going to use that card's superpower, or you're going to use that card to speculate and change values in the market. So buying happens first, and people are like, okay, here are the current values of what's represented on my card, I am spending that money, and now I own the card. Done. But then the superpowers, a lot of them will change values in minor ways, and the speculation can change values all over the place, sometimes minor, sometimes major, sometimes some things move a little and other things move a lot.
2: And then you sell. And
1: then you have an opportunity to sell <laughs> if you used a superpower or speculated. So you also can't buy and sell in the same turn. Hmm.
2: So, anyway, so all it's that super together. Fun. Yeah. yeah. It's super fun. And I liked it. We're, I think we're having a blast with it. You played more than I have. Yeah. But um, yeah. So that preview will come out sometime soon.
1: I like saying that it's a, a good way to be like, Hey kids, don't play the stock market.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah. Day
1: trading is bad, okay?
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. All right. So what are you what else have you been playing, Amby?
3: Uh, so one of our go-to games that we've been playing a lot at our game nights is Cross Clues. So this is a word party game, kind of in the same vein as like code names, decrypto, those type of word mm-hmm. games. But this cross clues is a cooperative real-time word game. Okay. There's a grid. We, we've only played on the expert mode, which is a five by five grid, but like I, I think the normal mode is four by four grid. But basically, there's A through E and then one through five. And then each of those has a word on it. So there's going to be 10 words, but like in a grid. And each person gets a card that has like A1 or B3 or something. And so that shows a cross of the two words. And you're trying to give a one word clue to point to that grid coordinate. And everyone is doing this simultaneously. So, like, anyone at any time can just say, a clue. And then everyone's like looking and trying to guess while they're also trying to think of clues to save for their own thing. (laughs) And so like my group really likes word games, like codenames, decrypto, just one. Uh, (laughs) And um, you can play without a timer, but we play with a timer. And so there's a 10 minute timer you're trying to get all of the grid filled in. And if you, if you guess wrong, then you lose that, (laughs) that coordinate. So it's just fun because sometimes like the, the words are similar And so you're trying to think of words that connect these two things that, (laughs) like, on one side, there there will be, like, dog and cat or something in the same row. Uh And then on the other side, there's, like, other animals and then it's, like, something else. And and you're trying to connect these things. Like, how do I get them to think this, like, specifically dog and not cat? Because those are both kind of similar because they're both animals and, and things and pets. But you have to do something specifically pointing towards the clues. So, that sounds
2: very chaotic.
3: Yes, it is chaotic, <laughs> stressful, but like we, we really like those word games. So cross clues if you like word games and timers.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. I'm going to talk about another game that we've been playing with our kids. And this is a game that... Hmm, how do I describe this game? It was reviewed very highly on the Dice Tower. We had a, a blast with it. I played this with our two boys and then they turned around and one of them showed it to you the they next day. Me. Yeah, and this is the game The Quest Kits. Ooh.
3: This that's is on a, my really, list of to really play. Simple dungeon crawler.
2: It is a very <laughs> simple dungeon crawler. So, this is a game where basically what you do with this game, everybody has a character and the only thing that's asymmetric about them really is their color, I guess.
1: I mean, some of the things you pick up along the way will benefit or hurt certain characters more. Yeah, which if is they pick them. Up. Which is yeah, just that's their, the Ace which imagery, is their color,
2: basically. So there's I think four different characters, each one is a different color. Certain items that get picked up will benefit certain characters
1: more, more yeah. or less
2: than other ones. And basically, all you do is you you're just moving through this dungeon. You lay out the, all these cards face down. You have green cards and you have gray cards. And you have red cards and the green ones are always good. And the gray cards are 70% good. And the red cards are like 70% bad. So as you start out, you start out in an area of the dungeon that is all green cards. And basically all you do is you move your character onto a card and you flip it over and you do whatever's on the other side. Sometimes this is just pick up some of, you know, these resources, that resource, which are like strength cards and wisdom cards and magic cards. And so you have a kind of a collection of these cards in front of you. Other times, it'll be draw random treasure out of the treasure bag. And other times, it will be fight this villain. And the way that you fight the villain is you need two wisdom and... One magic, or you know, whatever you the have to turn in appropriate cards, is. and yeah. so you take the cards that you've been picking up. You turn in the appropriate ones to beat that monster
1: to scare it away. It's <laughs> a uh, kids' game. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so the treasure and the monsters have stars on them. The stars are your victory points, and so it's kind of cooperative in the sense that everybody you're everybody's playing against the board, but whoever has the most stars at the end wins. One thing that's really cool about this game is that there's actually kind of an incentive to help one another with these... What's the actual name of those cards? The Kind Kid cards. So let's say that I flip over a particularly difficult monster that requires two wisdom and two strength and two magic to beat. Well, I only have two wisdom and two strength and one magic. But Anitra has... I a like, magic oh, card.
1: I can give you another yeah. magic card. So you're like,
2: hey, can I just borrow that magic card? And she gives me that magic card. I'm able to defeat the monster, and Anitra gets to draw a tile off of the, the kind, kind kid's kid. stack. And mm-hmm. that goes kind of into her collection, which that could be things like cards, or it's usually... Stars, or maybe pulling a piece of treasure out of the sack.
1: Everything in the kind kid stack is unqualified good. Yeah. It is always mm-hmm. a good thing. Mm-hmm. And so you're always going to get a reward for helping the other players, which is really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That cool. makes sense.
2: Yeah. And, and- pretty much that's the game if you look at the board without any cards on it there are some walls that you can't cross so there's a little bit of a movement restriction but it's not like you can only move three spaces or something you can go anywhere you want to as long as there's not kind of a card or a wall blocking your way so I do wish the graphics were a little bit more clear because it's especially when it's covered with cards it's a little hard to discern like what's a door versus what's a wall kind of Mm -hmm. thing but other than that I think the game is great so this is a game we got in for review we also got in the Expansion, which is actually a campaign. So we haven't played that yet, but that's next. I did. I'm excited to do that. I made a recommendation of this game to a friend of ours who took our recommendation on Karak, which is this tile laying kind of path building dungeon crawler game that she and her family absolutely love. And so she asked me for an affiliate link to the game, which I appreciate. <laughs> and in getting that for her, I found out that this game is 50 bucks. I do think that's a little bit on the pricey side. It's a little steep. And that was on Amazon, which is. You know, I, I checked CSI, I checked Miniature Market, none of them had it. Um, so it's a little bit pricey, but it is a great game that I think can be played for a while. And I'm really excited to try the expansion out. The expansion is $20. Yeah. I mean, so that's, that's kind of a, a big buy to jump right into at $70, but it really is an excellent game that does some really, really good stuff in this kind of co-opetition kind of way where everybody, you're not fighting against each other, you're fighting against the board, but there definitely is some competition going on.
1: Well, and I'll say that the age rating on the box says five plus, but this is definitely one of of those games that can go a little bit younger if you have kids who have already been raised starting to play board games. It only takes about half an hour and there is no required reading. There are Mm -hmm. not even numbers used in the game. Everything is a symbol or multiple copies of a symbol.
3: All right. So maybe I can play that sooner than I thought. (laughs) Two of our
1: kids could have played this at age four. Mm -hmm. I don't think our current youngest could have. (laughs) But our older kids, when they were four, were ready to sit down and play Mm a half hour game or more. Mm -hmm. And one of them was not reading yet at that age. (laughs) Mm
4: -hmm.
2: Yeah, It's mostly pattern matching.
1: Yeah. Really. It's like, oh, Uh, the magic is this yellow thing, so I need... Two of the yellow card and one of the purple card. Mm-hmm. All these cards are really just placeholders. They're all identical. It's just a, how many of them do I have?
2: Right. When we played, I kind of played as the dungeon master. I mean, there's no, <laughs> there's no story, right? You're kind mm-hmm. of making it up as you go, I guess, if you even bother. But I didn't have to do that. There was no need for me to, no, to be you, controlling No, you could things. have hopped in and... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it was a good player. way to kind of watch the game unfold and mm-hmm. let the kids experience it and not push them in any direction or, well, I'm going over here <clears throat> or, you know, any of that. <laughs> kind of stuff. I didn't, none of that was there. At one point, our youngest, our, uh, he will be uh, eight very, very soon. He said... Dad, you're a really good dungeon master. And I'm like, thanks, I'm doing nothing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that just means so, the game's good. Right? Right. right exactly. Pretty much. Right. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So, I mean, literally my only two eh on this game are that I wish the graphics on the board itself were a little bit clearer. And the price point is a little tough. It's a, it, I, mm-hmm. I think if it was $10 cheaper, I would feel a lot better about it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, sometimes you just have to pay for the good stuff.
1: Yeah, so, I agree. I've got just one more. Speaking of two player games that are on our family 10 by 10 I played Royal Visit with our 11-year-old son.
2: Man, this game is so good. It is
1: really good. Have you played
3: Royal Visit? I don't think so, no.
1: It is surprisingly good because this is one of those games that doesn't really look like a whole lot. It's a cloth board that you lay out on the table and five little wooden figurines and a deck of cards. What you're doing is you're playing out cards from your hand to try to move the king and his entourage to your castle on your side of the board. And it's just kind of like a ladder back and forth. It's this tug-of-war game, only two players, and there are restrictions in how you can play the cards. The major one is you can only play one type of cards on your turn, but you can play as many of that type as you have or want to play. So... Each type of cards only moves one type of character. So I can play guards cards and move one or both of the guards. I can play a wizard card and move the wizard a bunch of times. But because you're usually only moving one character with all the cards you play, you can't swing things wildly in your favor quickly. Mm -hmm. Your plans are always trying to think several steps ahead and what your opponent does on their next turn can change your plans entirely. And what you redraw your into your hand can change your plans entirely if you're not getting the cards you need. So it's relatively quick, but it doesn't really feel quick because it's this back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And when you're done, you're like, did that really only take 20 minutes? Because, man, it, <laughs> I feel like I've been spending hours, you know, struggling on this with you. It's hard to explain why I really enjoy it, but I'm really glad that we put it on our family 10 by 10. Mm -hmm. And this idea of the family 10 by 10 in general, I like that it's just at least two people in the family are playing a game. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have 100 games played and there's not going to be any one person in the family who's going to be like, I did all of that. It's (laughs) shared amongst the five of us which is pretty great, especially for games like this where it can only ever be two. So it's been me and you. It's been me and the 11-year-old. It's been you and the 11-year-old. I think we've played it with the 13-year-old a couple of times.
2: Yeah, our 11-year-old loves this game. This is a game where you definitely want to develop a strategy, but you need to hold on to so it extremely loosely. loosely. Yeah, because... It's just like I think I might do something like this if it works out, or I might do something like this if it works out, or I might do something like this. Let's see what I draw. Okay, never mind. Those are all going away.
1: Talking like a programmer: if this, then
3: that; <laughs> else, if this, yeah, then that. Right.
2: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, do you have you have one more?
3: Yes, I do have all one right. more. Let's it's do It's actually it. a children's game. So. <laughs> It's but not a Hava game,
2: like you said. It's
3: not Hava, no. It's, it's the most recent <laughs> children's game I've gotten, and it's called My First Adventure Finding the Dragon. So well, My First Adventure is like the series. Mm-hmm. And so I guess it's just called Finding the Dragon. But this is a art like a role-playing game for three-year-olds.
4: <laughs> okay. But,
3: but it's basically like a choose your own adventure book, kind of. So mm-hmm. it's it's got one quest in it where you're trying to find a dragon. The story is you're trying to find a dragon and and befriend the dragon. And it has a book with like little different flaps in it. So like each page, each part of the story has three flaps, like you know those books where it has like the dinosaurs cut up into three different sections and then like, yeah yeah yeah, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, like that. yeah 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 mixing animals up okay. So it's like it looks like that, but it's basically saying like oh you're you have to make this choice. What do you do this this or this? So whichever uh-huh. one you do, you turn that page and it says like to turn one or two pages depending on if you have an item or something and then it tells you what happens and then you go to the next page which is like a big page again so that's mm-hmm. how the choices are made that's interesting. which is like really easy for a toddler like I, I just read it to them and they like point to it or like I say the different options and then they're like <laughs> like they, they repeat which one they want. I mean, they're not like yeah. strategically making the decisions. <laughs> yeah, but like the, they're the guiding the story. <laughs> yeah. That's
4: fine. Yeah,
3: so they're guiding the story. And then the way the items work is in the corners of the book, the four corners, there's these little dials that are different colors. You just turn the dials to, to show which item you get. It starts out as blank. And one of them is your character. So there's three different characters you can choose one from. And mm-hmm. that also changes what happens in the story so like you can get items and then if you make bad choices the items turn into bandages and so like, at the end,
4: <laughs> oh no
3: at the end like depending on how many bandages you have different things happen when you find the dragon oh, that, is, <laughs> but, that is terrible but yeah we have played through it already four times and we just got it yesterday <laughs>
2: so, <laughs> that it, sounds like kids playing games <laughs>
3: yeah. but it, it's like reading a book but also like playing a game which they haven't done really before mm-hmm. and so they really liked it we brought it upstairs to their bedroom because usually we have their games in the game room downstairs mm-hmm. but like since this is kind of a book thing we got to read sure. it in their bedroom we put it back in the game room and then tonight like when we went to bed one of my kids was like i want the game book <laughs> and so so we went, went and got oh. it and then we played it again. So That's
2: funny. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. use that to teach turn taking to like okay, it's your turn. Okay, it's your turn kind of thing or um, you just let them kind well, of Well, for whatever? this one we,
3: we've just been doing it together kind of. Most of the time they pick the same thing. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes I was doing turn taking, but like they already kind of know turn taking from other mm-hmm. games that we've played. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just being twins, so <laughs> with, with regular toys,
2: <laughs> right? So, I guess. I, I, I guess
3: having a sibling teaches turn taking. <laughs> ha- having having <laughs> a sibling
1: yeah.
2: that is exactly the same age as you
1: Tur- teaches yeah. turn taking even I mean, sooner. Yeah, yeah,
3: because a lot of toys we don't have two of. Even if we do have two of, like they, want it doesn't matter. Two of them. They and
1: always want matter. what somebody else yeah. has. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So. Well, that,
2: that's just a regular sibling thing.
1: I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's where I'm <laughs> speaking from. Yeah. All right. None of this is personal knowledge. I'm an only child. <laughs> but, I don't take no turns. But I
2: mean, those are the things, you know, because we, we always talk about board games. All board games are educational in some way or another. And especially mm-hmm. with younger kids, like these are the very rudimentary steps to learning how to play board games that are really important to develop at younger ages. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of why I was asking that question. It's just mm-hmm. kind of curious how that's worked
4: out.
3: Yeah, I, like you could, because I did. I think the first time I played, I was like, okay. Uh, you pick what we're doing this time and then the next page, the other person can pick. So Right, right. Yeah. We can do that. But it also like helps with trying to figure out choices <laughs> like based on the story kind of. Yeah, it's like an intro RPG too because it has a story and mm-hmm. they're yeah, picking definitely. their character and picking what to do.
2: Everybody likes a stat-free RPG. Uh, yes,
1: <laughs> yeah. that's true. Uh, but I will say, I'm thinking back and even what you just said of like, often they're picking the same thing. That would be frustrating to me as a parent reading through this book, be like, I wanna see what else can happen. Like but Well, you can
2: read the book on your own, you know. I
1: know, but I but I I remember being in that stage and it just being like the same book over and over and over again for a month. Uh And it didn't matter that like we all knew what was gonna happen. It's fine. And there are some of those books that did not feel stale after a month, but most of them did.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I did convince them to pick different things on some of them. But like, there's one page where they always pick the same thing. And I'm like, really? You don't want to see these other ones?
2: Nope. (laughs) No curiosity. But
1: then again, that that might come later as well. Like, that's part of the exploring and learning Mm -hmm. stages of child development. Yeah
3: and they'll be like oh there's there's other parts of this book like oh cool mom why didn't you tell us about the other parts <laughs> yeah. of this
1: book <laughs> yeah never
2: experienced that before
1: no nope, no nope, not at all <laughs> all
2: right uh why don't yeah. we take a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk about board game day
1: yay, yay board game featuring
2: DJ. a bunch of board games yes yeah. all right we'll be right back
5: birthday to you, Daddy.
0: Why, thank you, my dear. And a very merry unbirthday to you, too.
5: That's right. It is my unbirthday. We should have a party.
0: A tea party, perhaps?
5: Yes, let's.
0: Today's Snap Review is about Disney's Mad Tea Party, a game for ages five and up, published by Funko Games. Mad Tea Party is based on the famous theme park attraction first introduced in Disney's Fantasyland, which in turn is based on the iconic scene from the animated classic Alice in Wonderland.
5: The object of the game is to be the first to get rid of all the cards in your hand by balancing stacks of teacups on this wobbly table.
0: And like most discard-your-hand games, uh, there's plenty that can go wrong to make you fill your hand back up again.
5: First, let's talk about those cards. They all feature characters from the animated movie.
0: Mad Hatter, the Cheshire Cat, March Hare, Dormouse, and Alice. They're all featured in various poses and expressions. Uh, surrounding them are all these very colorful backgrounds and a bold color palette.
5: There's symbols on the cards telling you what they do. Using pictures instead of words is supposed to make it easier for preschoolers to play. But we thought a bunch of symbols were really confusing, and Dad had to go back to the rulebook and explain what they meant.
0: Once you play it enough, you, you do start to remember them. It feels like they just need a little more graphic design work to make them really intuitive.
5: The game is not just cards, though. Look at these fantastic (laughs) teacups!
0: We love the little details on these cups, and we really appreciate that they didn't repeat shapes or designs. If there's any quibble, it's that the green and blue cups are of similar shade, and so they can be confused for one another sometimes. Well, uh, this game is so straightforward that we've already explained almost all the rules to you. Play a card, do what it says, Usually, that's placing a new teacup on the table. At first, you can only build on one stack. But one of those special cards lets you start a new stack.
5: After you place your cup, count one, two, three. If nothing falls, phew, your turn is over.
0: But if the cups come crashing down, oh. you have to draw three cards, putting two. you that much further three. for victory. There's also a series of special cards that, well, besides the one I just mentioned, that lets you start a new stack of cups. Have a similar feel to specials from Uno, like reverse the turn order, or skip a player's turn, or make them draw a card, and and so on.
5: So, Dad, what did you think about this game was going to be like when we first set it up?
0: Well, dexterity games are not my favorite genre. I really wasn't sure if I would like it, and I was a little afraid that your four-year-old sister would have too much trouble stacking all these cups. <laughs> Happily, though, Funko seems to have found a sweet spot in the difficulty scale where four-year-olds and clumsy adults alike can reliably get the stacks pretty high. And since the point of the game is not to build the stack, but to get rid of your cards, I found it pretty fun to play with you.
5: If you want to make it even easier, the rules say you can put the table down without its wobbly base, but we really like playing with it.
0: And what was your favorite surprise?
5: There's tea in the teacups. Plastic tea, anyway.
0: The surface of the tea is positioned at a slight angle in each cup, just enough so that they're not stacked straight up and down. The visual effect is perfect. It looks just like the stacks and stacks of cups on the Mad Hatter's table in the movie. Like Funko's other Fantasyland-based game, It's a Small World After All, Mad Tea Party takes only 10 to 15 minutes to play and almost zero time to set up and clean up. That makes it really easy to get to the table, fun to play with both grown-ups and kids, and more likely to have you saying yes to one more game?
5: We rate it four lumps of sugar out of five.
0: And that's Mad Tea Party in a a snap. snap.
1: And we're back. We are here with Ambie Valdez, and our main thing to talk about is board game day.
2: <laughs> the book, it is supremely adorable.
1: Yay. <laughs> that makes me happy. <laughs> Honestly, like, we've looked at this PDF preview that you sent us, and it is perfect for children of board gamers. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're going to be like, oh, I recognize that game. Oh, stacks of games everywhere. That's what my house looks (laughs)
2: like. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I feel very seen. All right. um, So (laughs) a lot of people have had kids. A lot of people play board games. What drove you to write this book?
3: So I mentioned it a little in the intro, but I write song parodies a lot as a hobby So I like writing lyrics and rhyming things. I've had a lot of practice with making (laughs) rhymes. (laughs) Um, And then I hadn't made like any original, like non-parody stuff. But then after I had kids, I started like, singing random songs to them, because I guess that's what you do as a parent.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Accurate.
3: (laughs) And then I started making up some random tunes and like some of them, I was like, oh, this actually sounds kind of like cool. So that, then I started making original songs. And then with that came like just original lyrics, poems and stuff that aren't parodies. And Mm -hmm. so just like one day I made, I started making one about board games for my kids and then I was reading it to them and I was like, oh, this would be cool, like to have as a book. And then I was like, oh, I should like illustrate it and then print it as a book. And then I'm like, I suck at illustrating. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so yeah, then I was looking around thinking like, who, who should I get to illustrate? Can I find like a, maybe a board game illustrator? And then I was like, oh, you know who would be perfect for this? Is Semi Co op the webcomic? They make board game webcomic. Their art is great <laughs> and like fits really well. And so, yeah, I messaged Rachel Kramer, who's the artist from Semi Co op, and we, we've been working on it for like a year, I guess. <laughs> and I, I'm super excited because now I have like this book that I can read to my kids. <laughs> Finally.
2: Yeah, that's it's, it's fun and amazing.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and a board
1: book is not the kind of thing you would normally associate with board games. Yeah, like, even though
3: they both have board in
1: it, I was just I gonna know,
2: say, like right? there's there's like a legit full on straight up pun right, just <laughs> right there.
1: I know. I mean, I'm the board I game board book. Yes, but that's what this is. <laughs> it's it is a board book for young children. Mm-hmm. That's all about getting your friends together for board game day, and it's all these cute anthropomorphized animals. Mm-hmm. But it's the kind of thing that really little kids are like. Oh, I see adults and older kids in my life doing this kind of thing. This is an aspirational thing. But <laughs> no, I mean, they're not going to use that Totally.
2: Well. I, I mean, I was going to wait to make kind of the joke about how uh, at the end of the book, this magical thing happens, which all of the adults know never happens in real life, where they actually get together and play games together. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, no, it, But, it, but it, it, is, it is adorable and it is aspirational.
1: It's the kind of thing, especially that little kids are going to look up to and be like, Hey, I want to do that. I want to do what I see mom and dad doing. You know, I Mm -hmm. see them rolling dice and flipping cards and I don't really know what it means, but I recognize them and it seems like Mm -hmm. a cool thing that I want to do. And this is another way besides, you know, your hab of my very first games and the like, to bring this down to their level and say, "Hey, these are the kinds of things we do, and what we're doing here is getting together with our friends, and friends are just as much of a focus as the stuff that's on the table, and mm-hmm. that's all encapsulated really well in this nice little what is it like ten page book? <laughs>
3: yeah, these are sixteen pages, but 16 it's eight page. spreads. Sure, I learned a lot about pages versus spreads. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so do you, do you
2: have an actual like copy right there?
3: Yeah. So well, this is like a prototype copy. Uh great for audio format. Um,
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Hey, (laughs) listeners, we're looking at a real prototype copy. Sorry. (laughs)
3: But but, uh, board books, like they have to be printed offset printing, like in large batches. So this was a one-off digital printing from like some photo company thing. That's not, it's not like the actual board book thing. And so they could only do certain number of pages. So I actually have three extra spreads. That's okay. At the end because, uh, but like i i, I use this and like my kids we could actually read a physical book finally and they they like pointing to the games that they recognize and the dice and stuff and the cards mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> like, so i did have kind of a, a question about that and and i wasn't sure mm-hmm. if it was just because it's kind of preliminary art or you're working on licensing <laughs> or whatever i so there are some games that I, I can't say they're fully illustrated but it's very clear what games they are like mm-hmm. like i can see core quest or animal yeah. upon animal or whatever mm-hmm. and then there are brown boxes and then there are white boxes <laughs>
4: yeah. so
2: is the plan to g- get permission to use more games or is it really just to allow the ones that you are featuring to kind of stand out
3: we're going to fill in all of the blank mm-hmm. boxes with mm-hmm. actual games and so we've okay. been working on getting permissions from publishers sure, to use sure, sure. the different games uh we're actually getting sponsored by some publishers too oh wow that's to, exciting. like have their games featured. Awesome. that's yeah, very so, very cool so yeah we, we reach out to a lot of people Core Quest I asked Dan Hughes and and he said yes. Yeah,
2: I <laughs> um, can't imagine Dan would say no at all. Like,
3: <laughs> and that's one that my kids recognize cuz we have Core Quest. Like sure, my kids yeah. haven't played it yet, but like we, they've played with the chunky dice which is they like the dice a lot and they know the mm-hmm. n- game by name. so so like they flip it to that book and he's like cora quest that's so funny
2: i bet in like in like 10 years they're gonna meet cora at some random convention and their minds will be blown like what
1: (laughs) are you the cora
2: (laughs) that that's actually what happened to me when i met rory
1: i remember that what
2: of rory story Cube's fame i was like wait wait the the rory he's like He's kind of she- this sheepish smile. <laughs> like what? Like my mind was blown. I was like, "You're a real person." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, my follow-up kind of comment slash warning to all of the parents out there who owe it to themselves to keep their ears up for this Kickstarter is that your kids are now going to be asking for a whole bunch of games by name. Just be prepared for that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. I to this game now. <laughs>
2: right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So you you kind of talked about like the way that you were making up songs, which I think mm-hmm. I assume every parent does. That just seems like a thing that we all do. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and then kind of reaching out to Rachel Kramer with Sammy I mean, mm-hmm. Coop and stuff like that. And then you also mentioned like learning about spreads and pages and so. So what have been kind of like the weirdest parts of the process of getting this from this nebulous idea in your head into something that you uh, actually were holding in your hands a minute ago?
3: Well, I don't know. There's like a lot to it. (laughs) So, well, because I'm doing self-publishing and not going with the traditional publisher. So there's a lot of work Mm. in like the business side and then just trying to find manufacturers and stuff. And so I'm actually getting to know more. It's kind of similar to seeing what a board game publisher goes through with with the manufacturing Mm. and shipping and stuff. So it's kind of cool seeing that side of it because I've never (laughs) seen that side of the hobby. (laughs) But actually... (laughs) Uh, when I first made the, the rhyme and I was like, why hasn't anyone done this before? Like made a book of it. Because it seems easy. And then, <laughs> now I know why. <laughs> it's not actually. Oh. It's a lot of work after that. Like it's not yeah. just the idea and making up it up. It's like a lot of work past that too. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah, I, I think we have the um, the Ivan Van Norman like D&D 1 2 3 and D&D ABC books.
3: Yes. Oh, those. I have Yeah. Um, I have the I think like original was called The ABCs of RPGs and then I mean maybe that's what it's like, called. What, I don't what, know. No, well, I, I think, think there's like multiple that. versions like Oh, really? I so there's really. The ABCs of RPGs and The ABCs of D&D. I'm not sure which one was first, but like, like I don't know. I,
2: we have some books. <laughs> mm-hmm. There are other kids books related to tabletop yeah. gaming out and there, that, I guess. Yeah,
3: but that That was actually one of my inspirations because, yeah, I didn't mention this. I forgot, but like I had done an ABCs of board games for fun as well as part of a scavenger hunt. There was a virtual convention like in 2020. There was a scavenger hunt with that. And one of them was like, take pictures of your collection that's like ABCs Mm -hmm. board games. And so I did, I made a whole. (laughs) poem the ABCs (laughs) of board games so like A is for Arkwright let's build a factory B is for Battlecon it's just you versus me and like (laughs) I did (laughs) all the way and so that was like inspired by the ABCs of RPGs but then like the The games that I picked on that—that's obviously not like a, yeah.
2: <laughs> like a Archive, generic I, children's book. Like, Come <laughs> on, four-year-old, play Arkane with me. I don't think that's going to work out. <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> um, probably not. But that was what got it in the back of my head that I could make more generic, like board game book for my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, because I had made that and printed it out for them, and then it got all ripped up. And <laughs>
2: <laughs> No. <what>? Like, <laughs> not kids. Yep. Yeah. R- ripped up, eaten, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So I'm, I think we touched on this briefly. The book is coming to Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So, what's the plan around that?
3: So, uh, I will be launching the Kickstarter July 18th. So, that's
2: one week after um, this comes out. Week.
3: Yeah. Hopefully, it will fund. because yeah so the kickstarter as i i think i mentioned that board books need to be mass produced so it's to fund the printing of the board book Mm -hmm. which is like a thousand copies because i'm not just gonna buy a thousand copies myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah it'll be that um we'll have board book i'm planning to have an ebook version too i'm not sure like how many people actually do ebooks for children's books but it seems like they exist, so it's definitely getting more popular. Mm-hmm.
1: I get fed up these Kindle ads all the time. <laughs> so. I feel like yeah. the twenty
2: dollars Kindle Fire thing makes the ebook for kids like realistic.
1: It, it makes it, yeah. yeah, it makes it a thing. Our kids have more basic Kindles that are all the black and white, but yeah. even then, the technology has gotten good enough to handle like comic book style layouts uh, pretty yeah. well. So cool. it is definitely a thing that more parents are doing with their children, and an ebook. At least you're only worrying about one device rather than a whole bunch of books. Sure.
3: Yeah. Yeah. My Kindle is like one of the first versions. So <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. We,
2: we've worked our way through a few Kindles in this house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how much um, how much is the book gonna cost on Kickstarter?
3: Uh, it will be twenty dollars plus shipping for the book. That tier will be like the book and the ebook, and then just mm-hmm. the ebook is five dollars. Okay. Uh, and then I think I'm going to have it so that if you get an additional book, it costs less. I'm not sure exactly what the price will be yet okay. for that. I'm thinking maybe $15 for the additional book. So if you get multiple mm-hmm. books and then like that'll save on shipping too. Shipping is right. of course expensive. Right. It's, it's oh. brutal oh. right now. Yes,
2: it is. Yeah. We just finished up five giveaways last week and shipping is gross. Uh, shipping is a
3: lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I think we're going to buy like five copies of this because everybody knows this is the board game nerds and now some of our friends are having kids and so this is something that it's a good thing to keep in the back catalog to give as baby gifts.
1: Yes, we could be like, oh, a baby shower. Yes, here you go.
2: Right, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So uh, I'm actually pretty excited to pick up a couple of copies. Yeah. Well, about mm-hmm. five, probably. That's my number. <laughs> so
3: <laughs> Yeah, and, and I'm hoping to have them available afterwards too, like, there mm. will be extras left over from the print run. So I might actually have them available on the board game geek store. I've been talking to them Ooh. and then,
2: yeah, there's even a board game yeah. geek logo in the book too.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> they actually sponsored. Yeah, I like that hanging on the wall yeah. in a picture
1: frame. It's very cute.
3: Yeah. Well, we're actually updating that image to be like a picture of, of the pandas with, with shirts on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Love That's it.
3: adorable. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
2: all right. So I assume, I'm going to assume there's going to be at least some sample shots from the book. On the Kickstarter page, so I'm not going to try to explain any more of these pictures, but I think they are all extremely cute.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's five very cute animals. I'm just going to say that it's two pandas who are hosting mm-hmm. the board game day, and they're bringing over their friends, who are an mm-hmm. octopus,
2: definitely a, cheating at cards.
1: A, a tiger stripe. <laughs> Come on, if you've got can. eight hands, basically, you
2: there is a there's cards right. that are getting swapped in on this one.
1: The octopus is flipping over carcassonne tiles. Thank you.
2: Yeah, in this picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 scroll up. Uh, no, oh, that yeah, yeah, octopus right there is right, playing with cards. Right, fine. And there are cards in the octopus's other hand, or maybe that's a die. I don't okay. know what it is, but it's cute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but there's also a very cute kitty cat and a mm-hmm. bluebird with enormous glasses.
2: Who is mm-hmm. adorable.
1: And they're all really cute. And yeah. so I think this is something where kids are going to like it, but I think parents, you are also not going to immediately get sick of this book.
2: I agree. With <laughs> I, that. Hope. I agree with that. I think we need to develop backstories for all five of the characters. Is that, is that something we can do?
3: I don't know. I'll have to make more books. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe we could have a submission contest for people to submit backstory ideas for all, the, all the characters.
3: But yeah, it was so hard picking characters because she had like other character ideas too. And mm-hmm. they were just so many cute ones. I was like, oh my gosh, I like this one, and this one, and this one, and this one. Like, it's like, okay, so we, we got to rein it back in. Board yeah,
1: yeah.
2: okay. game day
3: is, can uh, only be so big. All right, we'll do board
2: game night next. It'll be okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or we see them, you know, in 10 years when they've grown up a little bit. <laughs> they've gone from Core Quest to Gloomhaven, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, Amy, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners about the Kickstarter that they absolutely should go to in one week?
3: I think we've said pretty much everything about it. But uh, well, yeah, if, if you're interested in that, there's also a special tier where you can get a personalized verse mm-hmm. <laughs> for your child Ooh, or yourself. That is very I guess
4: cool.
3: <laughs> it won't be in the book; it'll just be like a separate thing. Okay. Cool. So, like in, in the style of the book, like mm-hmm. a verse about right. your awesome. kid or or you, if <laughs> 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 it can be about anyone. <laughs>
2: Alright, so what? Uh, what? why don't we do this We have a link that people can go to and mm-hmm. uh, click to get notified on the launch of the Kickstarter which will be, you know, perfect for them
1: July 18th, or July if you're 18th. listening to it after July 18th, just go to that link and it'll take yeah, you to, yeah, to so, the Kickstarter. yeah,
2: So that link will be in the show notes, it should bring you right to the Kickstarter, you can check it out and buy five copies like us, <laughs> cool kids do
1: For and all of your <laughs> board game parent friends.
2: I'm sure Ambie would appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Ambie, if people have questions about this or about Board Game Blitz or about, mm-hmm. you know, parody songs or whatever, where can people find you online?
3: So I'm on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Board Game Geek, at Ambie Rona <laughs> is my screen name for most things. If you want specifically Board Game Blitz, there's at Board Game Blitz on Twitter, Instagram. But yeah, for me, at Ambi Rona. Also, ambivaldez.com is my website where it has some stuff. <laughs> um, that's uh, a-m-b-i-e-v-a-l-d-e-s dot com that, that has most of my contact information there too <laughs> alright
1: all right. so all of that to ask you any questions or commiserate about parenting <laughs> twins I suppose <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a
2: select group <laughs> well Anitra where can people find us online?
1: well you can find us on all kinds of social media at familygamersaa for Andrew and Anitra Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, maybe. <laughs> and you can find our snap review videos on YouTube at the Family Gamers.
2: You can also head over to the Family Gamers community. This is a great group of people, almost 600 people in our Facebook community. You can go to the FamilyGamers.com forward slash community. It'll bring you right into Facebook. You can join the community and there you can ask questions, share pictures. A couple weeks ago, Danny from Sovereignty shared. A code that you can enter into the Sovereignty app to get 60 days of platinum, which gives you access to all of the games games. uh, on the platform for free, which is pretty great. Uh, But lots of people ask for advice in there or give advice or just share games that they've been playing or, you know, cool stuff they're doing with their kids, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So head over to the Family Gamers community on Facebook to check that out. Of course, you can always email us if you have anything that you want to share with us personally. Andrew at thefamilygamers.com.
1: Anitra at thefamilygamers.com
2: please check out our family gamers and play games with your kids merchandise t-shirts hoodies and mugs at thefamilygamers.com forward slash merch
1: please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast if you like it tell your friends about the podcast and leave us a review whether it's at apple podcast or wherever it is that you subscribe tune in amazon music i don't know all the places (laughs) <laughs> if you look for us, we're there.
2: Yeah, probably. One more thing about our merchandise. Don't forget that promo code that I shared with you all last week to get a discount on our merchandise, episode 300. All right. All right, the Family Gamers podcast is sponsored by First Move Financial. Head over to firstmovefinancial.com forward slash Gamers to learn how the team at First Move Financial can help you pile up the victory points.
1: Thanks again to First Move for sponsoring this episode of the show. Well, I think that's going to be it for us this week. Thank you so much, Amby, for coming on the show. I think this board book is such an awesome idea, and I cannot wait to see it in person and hold it in
4: my hands. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's going to be it is very, very cute.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. It was great. Of course. Well, that's going to be it for us this week. So until next week, everybody, play, play games, games with weird. your kids.